coming up today on David versus Goliath. And we're talking about death. One of the most exciting things that people love to talk about every single day. I used to sell graves door to door and people would laugh at me. Well, I'll just take a chainsaw and cut my house in half. Welcome to today's episode of David versus Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with another amazing episode of David versus Goliath. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is going to be interesting because I know everyone loves talking about death and that's what we're going to talk about today on David versus Goliath. We have Chet Hit, who's fantastic. Chet, give everyone a thumbs up. So great to have you here. But before we get into the interview, I just want to take a second to cover some housekeeping items. Number one, you can visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. That's davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. There you can subscribe and apply to be on the podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to us if you watch podcasts on YouTube. And then if you listen to podcasts anywhere from Spotify to Apple to Google Podcasts to whatever podcast application most likely we're there, we are so grateful to have you. So anyway, at this point in time, let's get going right away with Chet Hit. Chet Hit, welcome to David versus Goliath. Glad to be here. It's going to be a great day, I think. It is going to be a great day. You know, one of the things I always said when I was younger, raising my first set of children, uh, I read a book by Zig Ziglar called See You at the Top, Chet. And one of his ideas that he had in the book was every morning you wake up, you clap twice and you say, it's going to be a great day. And I remember for years, I would run around the house and I'd wake up in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning, and I'd go, it's going to be a great day. And my kids would be like, what on earth are you doing, dad? That is crazy. But it's always been a really important thing. I think people don't realize that how you start the day from an attitude perspective affects the rest of the day, right? If you wake up. If you wake up with a bad attitude, you're in no danger of having a good day. But if you wake up with a great attitude, you get a chance at it. And speaking of great attitudes, tell the listeners all of the different businesses right now that you're juggling and managing. I think they'd find it fascinating. Well, I, I run three different companies, but the crazy thing about it is it's all about the team that we have on staff. I mean, they're the ones who get the results. So uh, every great entrepreneur can have great ideas, but if they don't have the team behind them to get stuff done, uh, they're not going to get to where they need to go. So it takes a team effort to get there. But with that being said, uh, I actually started off uh, kind of a crazy game that I played. I was in uh, work for a family business for years. Uh, my father started it. My brother took over. So I worked for him for years. And then uh, I was wanting to be a partner, and he was promising me a partnership and didn't deliver. So long story short... I was playing racquetball when I was 26 years old with a buddy of mine in Victorville, California. And he said, what a shame that my mother could be buried in our hometown of Apple Valley. And I said, dude, we should build a cemetery. So literally the next day, we looked at a contract. I drove down to L.A. to Forest Lawn, the granddaddy of all cemeteries, and I started measuring graves. And then when I realized I measured these graves, 
I figured, what the heck, uh, you can get about 1,600 grays per acre. And so I turned around, started this little cemetery with a buddy of mine. And, you know, after a few years, he took off with his other business. So I uh, took him out and here we are. And right now we are the largest privately held cemetery company in Southern California. That is um, amazing. And how many cemeteries are there right now? I think there's a handful, right? I, I have two cemeteries and six mortuaries. Wow. That is, yeah. and you know, on David versus Glad, we don't typically talk to cemetery owners and mortuaries, but this is a real business. I mean, I would imagine that, that I think, is it, is it referred to as the death industry or is it, is it to, how do they refer to it as the actual industry itself? Yeah. Death industry. And, and the crazy thing is, is when I started, what was funny about it is I used to sell graves door to door and people wow. would laugh at me. And I knocked on doors and told them my story. And one led to another, to a referral, to a referral, to another, to another, to the point now, you know, we do about a million dollars a month in, in gross sales. That's unbelievable. And for the listeners listening to David versus Goliath. So think about this, 26 years old, Chet's out there having a conversation, recognizes a need, and then he doesn't wait to figure it out. The very next day goes out. And this is the thing, Chet, that people don't really appreciate about entrepreneurs and business people is if you hesitate on an idea, you're most likely never to do it, right? So if you, if you see something and you have an idea, strike hard, strike fast. And as the uh, dojo leader from the Cobra Kai says, show no mercy on the idea. Correct. You got to get out there and do it. And to start that into now all these years later, having such an amazing business like this, it's inspiring for people that are listening to the show. You know, when you think about those early days in buying your and building up your first cemetery, I would imagine everything was kind of like hodgepodge together, right? You were learning new things. You really weren't Absolutely. organized. But now, now that you have so many and that you're actually further along in the industry, do you actually take time to have plans and goals and how you're going to expand that business and communicate more effectively to the, to the bereaved as well as the people that, that you need to reach that, Right. Don't even realize that they're going to have that need at some point. You know, what's crazy is the pandemic opened up a whole new avenue for that. Um, we never seen what we saw this last year. Um, we had more deaths and literally all my competitors in the in the valley where I live literally quit taking bodies and wow. people's loved ones. And so we were picking up close to 25 on average a day wow. and we had to put in containers and coolers and, and stuff to make sure we gave every family the respect that they deserved. And it was an interesting process. So we, as a company, I literally had to shut most of my operations that I would do on a personal level with the other companies down. And we worked it for, for almost 90 days. I was literally in the prep room, uh, which people don't like to talk about, but I was literally there every evening uh, having a management meeting with, with, my manager, while he was embalming, we would talk about how we're going to get through this crisis. So it's amazing. Uh, it was a very humbling experience, but it was also yeah. a very gratifying because we serve families that people just wouldn't serve. They were staying in the hospitals and the hospitals didn't have spots for them. So we did everything we could. We got through it. It was a crisis. But at the end of the day, uh, our team rose to the occasion. I'm very proud of what they've done. Yeah. And again, it's when, when everybody thinks life is easy as an entrepreneur because oh you win you do really well and and they look at you like you 
didn't have to work to get there. And uh, an, an old movie actress uh, that's buried at my cemetery uh, by the name of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. But Dale Evans said to me one day, she says, Chet, you'll never enjoy the peaks unless you go through the valleys. Yeah, it's so true. And, and, and if we're in business and you're running the team, you have good days and bad days, but you make every day an optimistic move that you learn from the bad, move to the front. And you know what's interesting about Chet, uh, for the listeners that are listening to David versus Goliath, I mean, you know, it's not a pleasant subject to talk about, but it is a legitimate business. Chet also has other business interests that he's actually looked at over the years as well, too. So you're not only owning mortuaries and cemeteries, you own a couple of restaurants, you own, yep. uh, you're building a, a hotel, uh, or, or I think you should say condos are exactly, that would be the phrase. Tell the listeners a little bit about the other businesses, because- it's not like you're just hanging out at the cemeteries and mortuaries all the time. You have other things that you're doing that are also businesses that are successful in their own right as well. You know, what's crazy is I believe in the underdog. Um, I think that's exactly what this uh, podcast is about. David and Goliath. Um, I had a, a mobile home trailer on the Colorado river in Topak, Arizona population eight. Right. So <laughs> I go down there and I have a, I have a trailer there. I have a nice boat, and that was my vacation spot. Long story short, somebody had come in, a developer came in to buy the the mobile home park, marina, restaurant, bar, gas. And when I went down and met with the gentleman, I, I said, hey, can I get a long-term lease? And he says, no, um, we're going to buy this company. We're going to put in condos. Uh, we're going to kick everybody out. And then at that point, uh, you're going to have to leave. So I thought, ah, crap, man. I just put a lot of money in my trailer. It's my vacation home. I got my own private dock. I thought life was good. And next thing I know, I'm on a lease, but I'm going to get kicked out. So the next morning, I went down and saw the guy in the restaurant having breakfast. And I said to him again, I said, hey, buddy, sure we can't work something out on a long-term lease? And he says, hey, buddy, didn't you effing hear me? (laughs) I said, yesterday, I'm kicking everybody effing out of here, and I'm going to move in your effing house. Um, Being frustrated Yeah, being frustrated, and uh, I figured, okay, after three or four days, I thought, well, I'll just take a chainsaw and cut my house in half because he's not going to move into it Yeah, because he pissed me off so bad. I'm not used to people talking that way to me. So um, about 10 days into it, I called the people up and says, if this guy doesn't close escrow by the end of the month, uh, F him. I'll just go ahead and buy it myself. And next thing I know, ego, testosterone, everything that men do and entrepreneurs do. Next thing I know, I own a restaurant and bar on the Colorado <laughs> River. It's and, pretty cool, uh, man. It's pretty cool. And for the listeners, yeah, listening, it is kind of cool. The stories are great. The stories are great. Topak66.com uh, is where they can go check it out. It's 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 fascinating to see that story of <laughs> of this. Your hand was really forced in a lot of ways. But you took Absolutely. advantage of it and turned what could have been lemon, you know, lemons into lemonade, as they say. And then back in the high desert, you've also started a, a new thing called Town's End, which is going to be a restaurant. It's currently a farmer's market. You're also working on a distillery of your own. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about that. This is probably the coolest project I've ever built. Um, obviously, we're not totally open, but we, uh, we ended up with a, a building that we were stuck with and again, back to your lemonade versus lemons. Um, we turned around, took this building. I didn't want to go into brewery business because there's another microbrewery in the village there. So I thought, well, let's go into the distilling business. Uh, I was in a little town called Comfort, Texas. And this guy gave me a little tour of a little distillery. And I said, man, we can do this. 
That's cool. And so we have taken this building. Uh, it's taken us a couple of years, but just literally this week we are installing our still. We will produce about 60,000 bottles of whiskey, bourbon, vodka, or gin a year. Um, we added a restaurant uh, to it. And so we will be doing a lot of our higher end beef, age, our aged beef and different things like that. So we're going to take that project to another level. Uh, but because of needing barrel storage, uh, right next to this piece of property was an old lumber yard that was closed for about eight to 10 years. And I bought the lumber yard and because it has high buildings in it to store whiskey. And at the same time, we made it into an event sitter slash farmer's market and booths and stuff like that. So it's been a fun project. It's every day something new and exciting, a lot of moving parts. But I believe you got to look at every single day and it's going to be a challenge no matter what we do. The question is, is how you handle the challenge. And believe me, I've had my weak moments. I had one just a couple of weeks ago. I got pretty frustrated. And uh, but the, the, positives, the positives always outweigh the negatives. Everybody has weak moments, man, as an entrepreneur, you know, no matter where you're at. And especially one, you know, like of yourself that you see these opportunities, you see these things that other people can't see and you move into them and you have vision for it. That's beyond it. That's really what entrepreneur ship really is about, right? It's seeing something that could be or something that exists somewhere else and saying either I can do it, I could do it better. And you go out and you take that chance. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with, like you said, the, the peaks and the valleys, right? Like everything that ends up being successful ultimately has challenges. And that includes everything I've ever done in my life, business-wise and professional as well too, right? Nothing's ever a straight line. It's always kind of like jagged and all over the place. Now, for the for the people that are listening, and that's exactly why you every day to make it a positive day. Yeah. So think about it. I mean, you run a mortuary in a cemetery. You're surrounded by death, and you have a great attitude. That's not easy to do. And if Chet can do it, we all can do it. Now, before we transition on a quick break, I wanted to ask you go back a little bit about plan, just to close a chapter on plans and goals. You were talking about how you do plans and goals, but one of the things that has been very helpful to you is your people. You know, you said you can't do it without people, good people. Tell us a little bit about your team right now. And then uh, some of the things that you've done to attract great people, keep them, and then incentivize them to help you grow your businesses. Well, one of the big things that we, we've done, we tried to grow within. Um, have we had to go to outside sources here and there? Yeah. But I believe that if somebody doesn't have the passion for the job, we're not going to get where we want to go. So they got to believe in it and know that, we're going to the next level. Again, not easy. We, we struggle a lot. Uh, we beat each other up a lot. But at the end of the day, we got to roll up our sleeves and, and get, the, get the results and get the job done. And I think that's the key to my management style is, is I keep thinking I'm going to – I'm getting too old and probably not have the best management style in the future. But the reality of it is is now we're at the point of letting the next generation take over. So when I look at – people that work for me now, are they, if I died tomorrow, being in the death business, can they take this dream, fulfill it? Mm. They may not dream as much as I do, but can they fulfill it, maintain it, and serve the community on every aspect of what we believe our dream would be? You know, that's, it's a great point, you know, and I, I think about that every day, right? You want to lead of a legacy. You want to equip people and empower them and that is a good question for all of us as business owners to say is, you know, if we roll a seven uh, and we're no longer on planet Earth, you know, are we doing a good enough job with the people 
that God has entrusted us with in our businesses right now to mentor them, develop them. So in the event that that does happen, because eventually it will happen to all of us, right? In the event that that does happen, our business can continue. The community can continue to be served. Our clientele can be continue to be served and everyone wins. So Chet, hold on with me a second. We're going to take a quick break. This is David versus Goliath. I'm your host, Adam DeGrade. A quick message from our sponsor, Anthem Software. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. Chet, and we're talking about death, one of the most exciting things that people love to talk about every single day. Every one of us loves to be reminded that we are, matter of fact, uh, Chet, the last time I checked, the death rate is one per person. So that means that all of us are going to roll a seven. You know, staying positive, thinking about your the multiple businesses you have, the amazing people you have in those businesses, how do you stay positive? And then how do you work on helping your people with the process of running all the complexities of your business? So when you think about a cemetery and a mortuary, there's a lot of processes that are involved in that, right? When you think about running a restaurant and, uh, and your new project that you're going to be building ownership, um, you know, condos or apartments that people can own on the river, that's process involved in that. When you think about the farmer's market and the distillery, there's going to be people and there's going to be process around in that. How are you right now, Chet, working with your team to try to make sure that they're saying and doing all the right things based on the right business? And then obviously having a, a, a something that can sustain beyond yourself and just a key, a few key people. Well, that's what's, that's what's exciting about the future is it's all about the future and where we're going with this. So the future really boils down to is we feel like we've sustained. We feel like we're there. But the question is, is how we're going to go to the next level and what items are we going to bring into our companies that's going to take us to the next level? For example, uh, working out with you guys coming up with a plan with how we're going to grow our business. We are reaching out with you to take us to the next level and how we're going to market it, how we're going to showcase it. Because marketing has changed so much. In in the old days, it was TV, newspaper, radio. Uh, all those are dead items now. And yeah, so if you, if, you don't, if you don't change with the times, how are you going to get where you want to go? And I think that's the one thing that over time is how do we change our management style to accommodate the community, what's going on in, in, in not in, just in our community, but in our country and how things can affect what we do and even the politics side of how things can affect what we do. So to me, you just got to hit every problem head on and see how you can come out and hopefully you win and hopefully your batting average is really good. But I think right now with our companies and the goals that we've set for our company, I think everything is obtainable. The problem that some people run into when they set a goal, they overthink it. Mm. Um, you want to make sure. What do you, what do you, 
What do you mean by they overthink it? If somebody, I run into people sometimes that will just sit there and think that they have to analyze and solve all the problems that may come before you even start. Mm. And part of the thing that I've found over the years is I don't know what problems are out there, so why think about them? Let's just hit it as much as you can head on now, do it, and as the problems come, you can manage yourself through it. You know, it's interesting you say that because we we have a slogan, and I've always I trained my salespeople. The worst thing that can happen to a business owner or during a sales process is what I call paralysis through analysis. It's where we literally get locked up in making a decision or moving forward because we're trying to be perfect in that decision. And I used to tell people, listen, you can't get locked in through paralysis through analysis. At some point, progress is perfection, right? You're never going to be perfect. You're going to run into different obstacles. But if we're making progress every day, that is perfection. And when you're talking about marketing uh, and tools, obviously for your restaurant and Townsend, all of those things are going to be social media, digital marketing. But I bet you the listeners would find it fascinating. That's even changed even in the mortuary business, right? In the cemetery business, right? Everything's moved online. When they have a crisis at home with a loved one who is recently deceased or deceased, you know, quickly. The very first place we all go to is Google. That's probably the same even in the death business, isn't it? It's growing more and more. And and during the pandemic, we actually were able to uh, do a lot of stuff with DocuSign. It's amazing. Um, if you go back 25 years ago when I started the cemetery business, um, you know, everybody mailed it. You sent out a statement, you mailed in a check. Now everything's auto pay. Now everything's a credit card. Now, a few years ago, you didn't have DocuSign that you can send to a family. So a lot of the arrangements that we're doing is through like what we're doing here today. You got to Zoom, meet with the family, go online and try to do the best you can to help that family through the process. So you still have the personal touch. But yeah, it, the, the technology game has changed tremendously. It really to- has. It really has changed so much. I mean, you know. In some ways, I think it's been good for us as a society. In other ways, I wonder and question, you know, we don't want to lose our souls in, in this in this aspect either, right? Like, I love it when I get a chance to see you when I'm up visiting my in-laws up there in the desert. You know, I get to give you a high five, you know what I mean? Like, you and I can give ourselves a virtual high five right now, but there's nothing like pressing the flesh or seeing someone face-to-face and smiling at them and putting, you know, your hand on their shoulder if they're if they just lost a loved one in their mourning and just to letting them know that they're loved and that they're cared for, right? But technology also gives us the ability to serve more people with as much humanity as we possibly can. And I think as long as a society, we continue to embrace the fact that we need each other, connectivity is important. We wanna have the blend of the using technology as well as not forsaking the ability for us to see each other face-to-face, right. which is critical, right? But from a marketing perspective, I would imagine that it's even shifted dramatically. I was talking with uh, Bob Tasca, who runs 14 auto dealerships. And back in their day, it was TV, radio, newspaper, yellow pages even years ago. And all of that dollars have shifted now to where the audience is, which is in this new pond called called technology. That's the same with any business that's listening to this podcast right now. If you don't have a good digital presence and, and a really good uh, internet presence and a social media presence, you're dead in the water. However, however, Chet, you and I have been talking about recently some of the things that you have to have in a business, which is great phone process, right? Great 
And that's something that is not easy to do. And I think we've identified, even with working with you, that there's some things that we can improve on in those aspects, right? Have you noticed as, have you noticed that, that 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 is the first point that many businesses touch people? And in some cases, one of the weakest parts of their business is how they handle the phone. Tell the people right now what you're personally doing internally to improve on even the way you answer the phone and handle all of your different businesses. Well, it's crazy because being in the funeral business, when you were doing that many cases, you were always there to pick up the phone. Now, since the pandemic, we realize we need a little bit more automation. We need to be able to track it. We need to be able to understand how can we make sure each customer gets served and not have stuff fall through the cracks. So that's where the technology side of this is coming. But, you know, like my still house, I call it the house that relationships built. you got to keep that relationship in any business that you have. And back to your personal touch, the knuckles or whatever, we got to get to the point that that stays there. But if we don't have the technology to get us through the next level to make sure we're following up every, on every family or every customer to give them the best customer service. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you're probably too young to remember this, but I remember the days when you went to a gas station and you got full service. They came out and pumped your gas. Then it went to sell service. Who would ever thought Kodak would be out of business in the, in Kodak pictures? I mean, there's so many things that have changed so quickly in time. Um, you know, we served a lady that was a hundred some years old not long ago. Can you imagine what she saw? Being <laughs> years ago? So yeah. what she's gone through. Well, look at what's changed for us in the last 20 years in business. So I think we're ever changing. And I think it's all about attitude and being able to accept the change and move forward and do the best you can with it. And, you know, it's so true. And yet the core principles of loving and serving people on the phone loving and serving people when they're in your restaurant or at your cemetery or at your mortuary. In my case, loving and serving people when I'm talking to them on the phone or the internet and trying to help them grow their business, you know, and like our listeners and our watchers, you know, I hope that David versus Goliath is giving you valuable information and things that are practical. You know, the three words that I try to use that I'm trying to do here, Chad, are basically very simple. We want to inspire people, educate people and activate people. Because I think all of us as entrepreneurs need those three things, right? I need inspiration. I'm inspired with the fact every time I talk to you that you have that bold personality that sees an opportunity and goes for it. Doesn't mean that they're all successful. No, but are you, you're not afraid to do it. I can learn from that, right? That's inspiring. And then there's the educate, educational component where we can learn from each other. Somebody might have a better process of answering the phone. Somebody might have a better process of doing this. We can learn from it. But the key one in all three of these things, when you're looking at inspiration, active, uh, is actually activation. So you want inspiration, education, and activation. And that's where most people fail. They, I call it a deficiency of execution. So there's only two reasons why I found that businesses are successful or not successful. They either don't know what to do, which is a deficiency of knowledge, or there's a, they do know what to do and they just don't do it, which is a deficiency of execution. Which businesses do you think fail the most, knowledge or execution in your mind, Chad? Execution. Yeah. By the way, isn't it true even in our own initiative? If if you don't execute, you're not going to be able to get where you want to go. You got to, you know, I, I believe I look at our management team. You know, are we perfect? No, we're not. But you know what? If we take the chance and take the risk, then we can sit down and discuss how to solve the problem from there. And that's, to me, 
a big part of where we're trying to go. Again, we're far from perfect. My, you know, I got 150 employees or something like that. And everybody plays a vital role to the future, but we have to execute. And if you don't execute, then you're never going to get there. That's awesome. Well, hold, hold on one more second. We're going to take another quick message from another sponsor here on David versus Goliath. At King 16, our agency has done some exciting things over the years. We've designed and built amazing experiences for customers and launched several vehicles for Audi and Porsche. We've thrown extravagant parties inside whiskey distilleries and featured amazing products for brands like Ray-Ban and Fossil. We booked some incredible talent and designed cutting edge stages for those performances. We even threw a red carpet gala in the middle of nowhere on a horse farm with hundreds of celebrities, which was difficult. I guess you could say we've done some amazing things for our brands and partners. Now the only question is, what will King 16 do for you? Find out at king16.com. That's King S-I-X. T-E-E-N.com. And we're back for our final segment with Chet Hit. Chet, you have one of the coolest names in the world, even for somebody in the death business. Chet hit, boom, boom, boom. That's all I keep thinking about when I actually hear your name. It's awesome. And that's kind of what you've done in life. You've kind of like, you've woken up every day and you said, I'm going to punch and fight my way through this. I'm going to build some businesses. I'm going to start them and I'm going to go out there. You said you have almost 150 employees. One of the things we talk about on David versus Goliath is courage. It's the actual, it's the stone that I believe that the shepherd boy David took out there and slayed that Goliath with is the stone called courage. And it takes a lot of courage to start one business or two businesses or whatever the case may be. How, if you look back on the beginning when you were 26 years old and you found about this need about for someone being buried in the, in the high desert, for example, and there wasn't some place to, to put that individual, what was it in you that woke up that following morning and said, I'm going to do this? Because I think, I think people don't know what that intangible is. Well, when you start a new business, you're generally broke. So you, you, there's two reasons to want to do it. One, you want to serve and take care of people. The next thing is you want to try something and you got to have it in your gut to want to do it and, and out think it and you got to live and breathe it. I mean, you know, Hey, there was times that, I, I'm a, I'm 57 years old. I've gone cholesterol, blood pressure pills, everything else because we I wanted it so bad. You're up all night long. I mean, how many people that are an entrepreneur had a little pad next to their bed because they woke up at two o'clock in the morning and write the notes down and keep on going. So you you're going to want that push and that drive. But I think that's the the biggest difference of, of where I've come from is when there was a, two needs: one, make a living. And also take care of your family at the time. So when I started knocking on doors, people laughed at me. And But on a Saturday, I'd hit 100 doors and get enough appointments to get me through the week. And I had to work my way backwards to say, okay, as an entrepreneur or a salesperson or someone like that, when you're on commission, because I didn't have the money to be on a salary. So if I didn't sell a space, I didn't get a commission. 
So that was the whole thing. So I backed my way into the numbers that I had to make and how many doors I had to hit to get this many appointments. And then what did my closing ratio became or become? And then as I started closing more and got better and fine-tuning my machine, I built a team. And as I built a team, it grew from there. But awesome. it was all about trying to put, you know, pay your pay your Edison bill, pay your mortgage, and, and put food on the table. So, I think you said I think you said it great, right? And I think that for the listeners and the watchers, there's two reasons why somebody starts their first business. Inspiration or desperation, or a little bit of both. And, and uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. I remember when I actually, when I started my first business, uh, I was just tired of working for somebody else. And so I don't know if that was desperation. It was more than inspiration. But th- I think this is important, Chet, and we'll close on this. You know, you started that out of desperation. You had no money. But... That's led to success over the years, which has given you the ability to start other businesses with money. But that still takes courage, right? Because the alternative is you keep the money, you're investing it in the market or you're putting it over here. But to say, no, I'm going to double down. I'm going to do this again. That's a little bit unique. So when you first start your first business, you're either broke, right? Or -hmm. you're inspired or a blend of the two. And then once you're successful and you started a business, it's typically because either A, you want to extend that success or you want to expand that success, give us a little window on that. Was it just, it just fell on you or is it something that you just can't help yourself but do? Uh, I can't help it. I, my, I'm an overthinker. I think too much and I, I look at opportunities and I think how can you make lemonade out of lemons? So I'm constantly looking that way. Um, I think for me, the difference is, is trying to inspire the uninspired and try to get them to buy into my dream and let's run and let's go to the next level. I think to a certain degree over the years, the people that I've got to work with have inspired me just as much as I may have inspired them because not every idea is going to be perfect. You're going to fail. I've had failures. I not, I have not won anything. I got, I mean, you would think being in the flower business um, would be great if you're in the funeral business. I, I failed at that business because I couldn't deal with pennies. You can't take, in the flower business, there's not enough margin to take your team out to lunch and buy pizza twice a week if you wanted to, because there's no margin in it. Sure. So it got to the point, it was like, why keep pushing down that? So, but what did I learn? I learned how to manage it differently. So every failure that I've ever had, I've learned from it and it's made me better at what we do. So um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is keep an optimistic attitude and saying, hey, how do I go to the next level with the, with the right attitude and to win, but you got to want to win. You got to wake up every day and say, I want to win today. And how am I going to win? How are we going to get there? It has been awesome spending time with you. Who would have thought death, flowers, restaurants, distilleries, all would go together. I did because I knew Chet hit. This has been another amazing episode of David versus Goliath. You don't want to miss next week. It's going to be fantastic. I'm Adam DeGrade, your host. Once again, thank you for tuning in on David versus Goliath. Have an awesome day.